Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to episode number 531 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, presented by the city of Vineland. It's KB coming at you from Underground Studios. We've got a lot to dive into, as it was Boston Hate Weekend this weekend here in Philly. Well, that's pretty much what we're talking about. It's Sixers, Celtics, Phillies, Red Sox, Phillies as a whole. And uh, we got some Eagles jersey numbers of the new guys in town that we'll dive into for some hashtag jersey analytics. But of course, joining me, like he typically does every single Sunday into Monday episode, all the way from the Pitts Cave, the people's champ, the host with the most. Welcome back to the program, Mr. Patty Pitts. Hi, guys. How, how we doing? Hope everyone's good because, uh, you know, it's it's different here, Kyle. I'm not doing my usual shtick because, um, as you said, you know, it's Boston Hate Week here in the underground. So I'm going to play the, vic- the the role of the heel. And, uh, yeah, because after today, I, I'm, I have a lot of heel angry feelings uh, in, deep inside. Uh, you know, I'm just – I'm just – I'm very upset with – the, the game today that's it i you know the socks is one thing like cool we took the series anyways and it's also may but the celtics today like i i there was so much wrong with that game not just on the play but i really just the officiating the commentary it just felt like a game where you were you were not you're not on the good the right side of the coin and so that's how i felt all day it's good to have you back, Pitts. Obviously, a lot has happened since you've last been on the program. Uh, as you were away for a wedding, so uh, celebrating we'll love. Welcome back, obviously. <laughs> um, but we're gonna get into all of it, and I do have to make one quick update because I just noticed, for some reason, on our layout, it is not displaying the lovely logo of our presenting sponsor. It's not a Vineland, and I don't know why. Uh, so this is me just buying time. Yeah, I'll talk uh, while you fix that. I was annoyed today. I'm gonna go on a little. Oh, did, did you fix it? Uh, in two seconds it will be. Okay, I'm gonna still. I was annoyed fixed. today. I think this is a good transition. Uh, because I was annoyed at everything that went on in the game. I mean, I I will say that I did feel a comeback coming. Uh with it was like seven minutes left in the game and they were and they were only down by seven i'm like all right i i feel a run coming because it was too quiet and then you know the celtics did what they do best and choke away last minute plays i mean why is marcus smart taking the last shot 
Um, why is you not releasing it earlier in sudden death overtime? Like it just every it was like nine out of ten. I think it's a good way to describe it. Just like it was great, and you almost had it, but you didn't close the job. And it just we're gonna get we're this game's this series is gonna go seven games. I know it. And after today, that is my gut reaction: is that this series is gonna go seven. You need it, and I've just accepted it at this point. It's going to be interesting. We're going to get into that, obviously. And um, as always, this podcast presented by the City of Vineland, where it's always growing season. And the City of Vineland municipal calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest the calendar which is accessible at vinelandcity.org is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness remain engaged with city government and participate in local events you can also follow the city of vineland on social media via their facebook instagram linkedin and youtube pages through these tools you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city vineland new jersey where it's always growing season and big thank you to Main Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland for their continued support of this podcast. Pitts, let's get into it. It is Sixers Celtics. We're bringing it down. The weekend that was. It's brought to you by our amazing merch partners at PHI Apparel Company. We just released our new Philly dog shirt. Mine just came in, and it is spectacular. Uh, can't say enough good things about our merch partners at PHI Apparel Company. And they provide unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of Philly and our podcast network. Pitts, I went and saw the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 yesterday. Hey, you going my tomorrow. Trust, my trusted hoodie of choice, my streamer season Hyper Beast hoodie. My underground Ooh, hyper beast hoodie is phenomenal. All the clothing that we have gotten from PHI and all the clothing that our listeners have gotten from PHI Apparel Co. have been top notch. And a nice little detail that I have now wrote noticed on the Philly Dog shirt, PHI Apparel Company logo on the back neck spot. Oh, I like that. Love well, it. Uh, like that. So with their original designs for all, there's no doubt you'll stand out in the crowd. That's if you're going down to Citizens Bank Park. If you're going to game six of Sixers Celtics at the Wells Fargo Center, if you're just hanging out, you're going to stand out in your crowd, whatever it may be, because you're rocking merch from PHI Apparel Company. Our listeners can use promo code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. Make sure you use that code so they know you're coming from us. phiapparel.co, code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your Order pits. Let's get it started. The Philadelphia 76ers, the Boston Celtics. It has been uh, an aging series, if I may. Um, yeah, that's one way to put it. Game two, obviously, was going on Wednesday night. Kind of got started around the time that uh, Matt and I were podcasting. And uh, the Celtics win that one, 121-87. Joel Embiid came back was totally fine. He gets named the MVP. I expected the game to be rough for him, but he honestly didn't look terrible for his first game back after not playing in over 10 days. The rest of the guys around him just failed him. Nobody showed up 
it was kind of just like the the emotional roller coaster affected everybody and they just didn't show up kind of expected that to happen and if you told me going into this series that the Sixers would split in Boston you tell me that three weeks ago I'm signing the dotted line every day of the week give me a split you'd steal home court it's good to go ready to rock and roll heading back home to Philly then game three happens on Friday night a very winnable game for the Sixers and they just squander it away they lose 114 to 102 uh, Joel Embiid was fantastic. Uh, I believe he had 30-plus points in this one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he had 30 and 13 in this game. But again, nobody else really showed up. James Harden only had 16 points. It was Shooting was horrific from him and Tyrese Maxey in this game. Uh, the fact that George Niang was playing 19 minutes in that game was mind-boggling. Bang, bang, George Niang. Shout out to the minivan, but man. It is a matchup nightmare for him against the Celtics. Um, DeAnthony Melton was fine, but only 14 points. And Tobias Harris only having seven points in this game was horrific. So the Celtics steal back home court, and they win game three, 114-102. to And then you go into game four on Sunday afternoon in a must-win mentality. Because if the Sixers were to fall down 3-1, it's over in five. He might as well not even play the next game because you're kind of just mentally checked out at that point. Knowing this team, there's no way they overcome that. And even if they do, they go out and, and miraculously win game five, and then they come back home and get their hearts ripped out in game six because that's what the Sixers do if they fall down 3-1 in the playoffs, especially in the second round. James Harden shows up. Agent Uno was back in this game a 42-point. Nine assists, eight rebound night for Agent Uno, James Harden, Joel Embiid with 34 and 13, and the Sixers win in overtime, 116-115, because Marcus Smart doesn't have fast enough reflexes to get a game-winning shot off in overtime. James Harden gets the shot that sends it to overtime, the game-winning shot, the pass from Embiid. The Sixers even up the series 2-2 going back. It's a three-game series now uh, to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. Everybody online is yelling about Joel Embiid's fourth quarter, this, that, and the third. Did he have a good fourth quarter? Absolutely not. Did he have the game-winning assist to James Harden? Absolutely. Did he make clutch free throws at the end of that game? Absolutely. You can't just look at an individual moment there and people being like, Embiid's been terrible. He needs Harden. Joel Embiid showed up in the other two games that happened before this one. Nobody else around him showed up. But now all of a sudden when Joel has a bad quarter, it's his fault and, you know, the sky is falling. No, that's not how it works. Every, basketball, everybody wants to view basketball as this individual sport. And while there's individual accolades, like the MVP, like scoring titles, like all of the, the individual efforts that you get in the NBA, it is still a team sport, even in the playoffs, when you're cutting your roster in half and only playing seven guys, pretty much. It is a team sport. Everyone has to show up, especially in a series like this, 
where the Sixers and Celtics play each other tough. They always go to battle no matter what the game is. And the Sixers, who are looking to get out of the fucking second round finally, have to play a team style of basketball against this team in particular if they want to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that's a good way to say that, that they need to play as a team. The Celtics, to me, are the best team out of the two. It, it, there's, you know, yeah, you have Tatum and you have Brown and all that as the stars, but, you know, without Marcus Smart, you don't have the defense. Brogdon is having an incredible role as that. D he just guy. doesn't miss for whatever reason. Brogdon? I'm so sick of Malcolm Brogdon. And I, I, I haven't been able to stand him since he won the Rookie of the Year award when he was with the Pacers. I can't stand him. And now it's just like anytime he touches the ball, I'm just like, okay, there's there's three points for the Celtics. Money. He's been I'm money sick dude. of it. What about – and then your favorite player in the entire world, Al Horford. Beep. Basically – We don't say that name around here. Nah, it's – We don't say that here. We don't say You listen name. to the words out of his mouth, and sometimes he talks about Big Al. Beep. I love Big Al. You know, it's just he played such great defense on MB today in that second half into overtime, and, like – He's such a guy that, like, a team guy. Him, Rob Williams. Like, there's, they're a team, and that's where they play best. The problem is that because of that, and we've seen it in these late game, like, late parts of games, that it's like, I don't want to shoot it. You shoot it. All right, I don't want to do this. All right. And that's where the turnovers start, and, you know, the Sixers get their momentum back, and then what's going to happen when you get a turnover? Well, it's going to go to Maxi. He'll drive. Or you're going to dish it out to Harden, bang, Embiid. He's got some space. He's going to do that little one-dribble pop. Like, there, there's stuff that, you know, the effects of turning the ball over and stupid mistakes that they've been doing in late games that you just can't have. And that's what's that's what literally allowed the Sixers to, like, come back after their little disastrous thing to win the game. And, oh, it's just – that, like, for you, like, game three – you just said it was a winnable game on Friday night. I think today was a very winnable game for them, and they just didn't capitalize. Thankfully, they did not. Um, Tobias Harris has to be better, man. Like, he was great against the Nets. He was great in game one against the Celtics. But since then, he has completely disappeared. He played 45 minutes in this game four, had nine points. Tobias has to be better. Like, somebody has to, like, shake him. Like, and, and smack him across the face and get him angry or something. Because unless he's angry and playing with, like, this, like, tenacity and, like, vigor and, like, like a junkyard dog, Tobias falls flat all the time in these moments. And you need Tobias Harris to step up because the next leading scorer on this team, who also did not have a particularly good game, played 45 minutes after Harden and Embiid with 42 and 34 respectively. The next leading scorer was Tyrese Maxey with 14 points. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's it's a bet like the Celtics are a better team in the sense where you're not gonna have one of the guys right now dropping 50 or dropping 45. There it's gonna be balanced out where the bigger you know the bigger stars are going to have the 25, 20 something points, maybe a 30 and you're going to have other guys in double digits. You need multiple guys. By multiple, I mean like four guys in double digits if you want to have a chance at winning a game. 
And if you're going to, you know, nine points, 14 points, you know, next in beating Harden, that, that doesn't cut it. So the fact that they won day that just, you know, says how my guy, who I will not name him. I, I don't want to say his name on here. Um, just, he, yeah, no, you can point Agent to him. Uno. That's fine. You call him whatever you want. I'm going to just not call him anything. And he James Harden does not miss. He doesn't miss. It's so frustrating. I tweeted so many times today. I'm over it. I am over this facade or this whatever James Harden is. I'm just so sick of it. He's been bothering me since he was booted, not booted, traded, tomato, potato, out of OKC and ruined what probably should have been the bet next best big three. And then he goes in and it's just like, can't wait. I don't his know. fault there. No, was, I'm yeah, but no, I'm saying since that front moment. office decided no, to pay yeah. Sergi Baca over James Harden. No, yeah, and that's that's why I'm mad. That's essentially why I'm mad is, and then he just, I like, he annoys me when he plays because it's just the threes, and I don't know. I just you, you just don't play. want to admit that James Harden's a good player. No, I'm not. I don't think I still think there are ten guys better than James Harden in the NBA. I will stand on that. I mean, yeah, especially now, but like, he's still a top. 15 top 20 he led the league in assists this year well that's okay uh, i still i just i'm not got joel and beat a rolex for all right well there you go let's talk about him Big that's someone i love talking about I'll, I'll talk about joel and beat till the cows come home um i do have to ask you this though you have to admit that that jason tatum three-point shot he that was a push off oh oh i'm not gonna lie kyle um i legitimately went i was like that was the biggest push ever, and they won't call that. But P.J. Tucker steps on a guy's shoe, and that's a foul. All right, well, first off, that was – let's talk about Marcus Smart being outside the circle, and Joel Embiid bull rushes him. I'm going to call timeout on this. He, they did get the challenge. You're right. You're I'm going right. to call timeout on this. They challenged it. They didn't overturn it, so they called they it an I offensive forgot. foul. Right. It should have right. been a block. I'm talking about another game. I'm talking about another game. The mix. rule is if you're, you're right. going vertical, if you're going straight up and down, that's not a charge. So the fact that that was called an offensive foul was utter and complete bullshit. I knew, like, when I saw the thing, I saw his feet weren't in the in the, uh, in the the zone there. But his left foot was still moving, and Embiid was going straight up and down. It's not like Embiid was, like, going at him. He jumped straight up and down and... Marcus Smart, but he was just, doing it all game. Is was bar- barreling into people. You just MB was just barreling into people all game. That's the one thing that I've, I noticed he's too. The MVP, he gets that right. That's he's gonna get that call. I, th- I this is it bothered me that I'm not. I have to get it out or else it's gonna. I could not stand the commentary today. Um, it I mean, was I feel like national NBA commentary for the most part is pretty pretty bad. Um. Doris Burke was basically running a local broadcast for you guys. Uh, I'm she sorry. was running one for you guys in game two, to be fair. Oh no. I, you know, today was brutal. It was, it was so bad. Like it felt like everything she had to say positive went to the Sixers and it's, it felt really reminiscent of Phil Sims commentating uh, Patriots games. Like it just that you have one announcer on the call that is just not on your side, and it's just gonna be. It takes that other element as the fan to watch. It was just like, oh, I got so v- v- angry listening to her. 
Yeah, I miss I miss the local broadcast. I, I yeah. hate that the local broadcast can't do anything after the first round. I think that's stupid. I think they shouldn't be able to do anything after the uh, uh for the finals. I think anything maybe you know what? I get Wait, doing the conference semis, right? finals and like the the local broadcast should get the first two rounds. That's what yes, I agree with that. I'm with you there. Two rounds. I think that's a good little happy medium. You you know, you have finals for the conference, so the finals and then you get the NBA be... finals. Exactly. You know, it's and the local broadcast too, like it like it's better for everybody. I mean, yep. wouldn't you rather have your local people oh, calling give the me, give right me now? Kate Scott calling any basketball game? She is the best. Yeah. Like it's I, I that's I disagree there, and it just didn't help today that it was it just felt like the Celtics, no one was on their side today. Sixers win uh 116-115 in overtime. And I guess it's fair to say that the Sixers don't ever lose the Micah Parsons game. Yo, I tweeted that. How I need to know Michael what your Parsons wants is. to be an Eagle so bad, <laughs> so bad. He wants to be an Eagle so bad it hurts him internally, knowing Eddie. that he got drafted by the Cowboys. I love that. Because that let's let's smile. not forget. Let's let's rewind to October. Michael Parsons was at the World Series with the Phillies, wearing <laughs> Phillies gear, whole nine yards. He's at the Sixers game today wearing a maxi jersey. And, I mean, we were given one of the all-time Eagles fan memes during the NFL draft when the Eagles continued to draft stupendously and draft every single Georgia dog on the board and A.J. Brown just handing him the tissues through the screen and holding it up to the screen because Michael Parsons was losing his mind and just so upset that the Eagles were getting good players and A.J. Brown just tissues. That's so funny. It's he just wants to be an Eagle so bad. It hurts. And everybody has to remember too. Like, I feel like people forget Michael Parsons is from Pennsylvania. Yeah. He went to Penn state. Yeah. Like, it's not like he's just like this random, like Philadelphia sports fan out of nowhere. Like grew up in Pennsylvania. He has roots. You got roots. He's from Harrisburg. Like he's, how far he's, is that from you? Harrisburg. Um, from me personally in South Jersey, it's about five hours. Okay, okay. Oh no, I'm sorry. Okay. That's via train. It's like two and a half via car. The train adds three hours. From Vineland. Oh. Oh, okay. I have to drive to North Jersey to take train transportation. But two and a half, and it's like the it's the capital of Pennsylvania, is Harrisburg. So. Which I think is very funny. It should be Philadelphia, but that's just me. Yeah, it's America's Wait, birthplace. Really? About. Um, One of Harrisburg's near Hershey Park. Place. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah, it's not like you know he's just a random Philly sports fan. It's he's got roots here, and he's he wants to be an Eagle so bad. That's so funny. I like imagine being that Cowboys fan that's a huge Michael Parsons fan. Oh, dude, just, during the World yeah. Series. The Cowboys fans were losing their minds. The amount of people I saw just be like, why don't you go play for the Eagles then if you want to root for the Phillies? Because we we're playing the Astros too. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, man. Dude, I love how just delusional Cowboys fans are. It's just. Little Baby up. was at the game today. There was no way James Harden wasn't winning the Little Baby game either. I hate him. I hate him. Oh. 
Meek he Mill was at game one in Boston after visiting his good friend Robert Kraft. Great, I we stand with Meek Mill here. I, I'm not. He I'm not going to say that. Rooting for the, I'm rooting not for the Sixers. Try. It was great. Yeah, I, I'm a big. I love when they pop out. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Meek's the goat, man. Meek is the fucking goat. Do you, bangers after bangers. I can like your name. Meek, Meek Mill, Mill has probably hit. Hot take. Might have to ask Dom about this too, since we did the best rapper debate and everything, and obviously it's Lil Wayne. But Meek Mill has the number one house party song of all time. Yeah, house party. Well, that that's in the mix too. But Dreams and Nightmares is the ultimate. House oh well, party song. I I wouldn't call that just like I wouldn't categorize it. It's obvious. It's obviously evolved past the house party. But when that song first dropped. That was a staple to be on the playlist at the house party. For sure. Any Meek Mill. I mean, house party. Burn, Meek Mill's the ultimate house party rapper. Oh, I would agree with that. He's the number one house party rapper of all time. He just puts out every song. Just is a fucking hit. It's so good. Like, catchy chorus. It's awesome. He's going bad, bro. He Banger. Be- oh, going bad. I had on repeat in college. That, when that album dropped, I was I listened to the entire thing. That's a very low key banger of an album by Meek Mill. I think that I mean, album slides on the radar. That album came out. I'm pretty sure right after or right before the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl. Yeah, it came out. No, right, after right, it was 2018. It was so after because. Like, right yeah, because the album is literally called Championships, and so it's the, that. it's literally the confetti colors, and yeah. it's confetti on the album cover. Yeah, that didn't didn't change my mind about listening to it. I I was over at that point. That's such a good album. Um, series though for Sixers and Celtics, Game Five, now on Tuesday at seven thirty Eastern time. We may have a may have a stream for that. What's it? What's Wednesday? Tuesday at seven thirty. Oh, I record the wrestling. At, no, uh, yeah, it's, I'll be on the late. We record wrestling at seven, so might have to I can make it happen. That. And then uh, game six, time is to be determined, uh, but it will be Thursday, May eleventh, at the Wells Fargo Center. How much are tickets? Too much. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah, Sam. It's it's. I wish. It's, it's hard in these streets. If there's a ticketing app or a ticketing website that wants to sponsor us, our door is open. open. Bro, I will promote the shit out of you. I already did it for PH Apparel at the bar watching the game on Friday night. There was a girl there in an Eagles hat. So I just looked at her and went, hey, go birds. And she's, go birds. There are Send a lot fuck. of sneaky Eagles fans around you. A lot of sneaky Eagles fans. I find them in Southie all the time. I don't know why they flock. Obviously, I know why they flocked me. But I was talking to her for uh, <laughs> I, I know, right? I was talking to her like all night, and then she had some guys with her. I'm like, okay, what's the situation here? So I kept talking to her. But I showed them all the shirts from PHI Apparel and was telling about us. And they were like, that's fire. That's fire. So did their uh, ending the story on a funny note. Uh, as I was leaving, she was still talking. I went, hold on, we have to do something. And I went over, I'm like, hey, you single? And she went, no, that's my boy. I'm like, have a good night. And I just walked <laughs> in. 
God damn it. <laughs> hey, you got I was just like, listen, if I need to know right now, because if you're not, you're the oh, that was the other thing. Oh, this is hilarious. I had my number written down and I had it in my pocket and I asked that question. And then she said, no, I got this. And I just walked away. So somewhere in my dirty pants is just a piece of paper with my phone number on it. So <laughs> it's hard in these streets, man. Um, no free ads. But I've recently been on a hunt for more Ropats. Yes. The 47 brand Ropat is undefeated no free ads but 47 brand we'd love to work with you that's a dream that's a dream um, that is big, a dream. big fan of these style of hats i love it. yeah i just got a new hat as well and that's a good brand it's a good I've brand got like have. three in the last like two weeks or last like probably two that's and a half weeks amount. or so it's a decent amount they had like their their annual like April seventh sale because it's four seven, so it's thirty percent off everything. So I got two hats. There. Oh, that's when I got it. Yeah, and then I found this one on the Bezos machine. That's where you love it. That's where so, you get some so, deals yep. too. Um, but yeah, at least two more games in this series. Wouldn't be shocked if we go to three. I um, would, but. It would be just like the dagger in my heart if there is a third game in this now best of three series because it would be Sunday, May 14th, a.k.a. Mother's Day. <laughs> and I have to deal with the ups and downs of the emotions of Sixers Celtics on another holiday is the bane of my existence. Death taxes and Sixers losses on holidays. I love it. It's one of my all-time favorite things. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shifting back to Boston, though. Shifting. I mean, this series has taken legitimate years off my life. Yeah, this this has been a draining series, honestly, watching legitimate it. Legitimate years off my life. Between game one... Game three and today, as we record this on Sunday night, legitimate, probably a decade at bare minimum has been removed from my lifespan. I would agree. It just, it's one of those series where, you know, if it's going to, it like starting out, it's going to be a battle. Like, obviously you're going to have a game or two here and there of a blowout, uh, but it's just anytime a team goes up by 10 or 15, oh, you know that leads just... not safe. It's not safe. It's not a safe lead. When, well, third here's the thing. When the Celtics go up 10 on us, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. especially in that game three, <laughs> the rims in that game felt like they were the illegal rims from the, the story that came out down at the Wildwood Boardwalk. Where the basketball game that you see oh, yeah, down the shore. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. This lady was using illegal rims. They were not like legit and like she got banned from the boardwalk. She lost her know. license to be a vendor on the boardwalk with the basketball game. That's what I felt like the Sixers were shooting in. In no, that was in game two, because it was in Boston. Game mm -hmm. two, it felt like the Sixers end, whatever end they were on, it was the Wildwood hoop, and the Celtics just had the perfect fitting hoop. For the basketball to go through. And, and that's an why ocean. they won 121 to 87. 
It just was like throwing rocks in the ocean for this. No ocean. shots were dropping for the Sixers whatsoever. No, it was ridiculous. It was they couldn't. I think I tweeted. I said five. these were the band hoops from Wildwood. I think you did tweet that. I think I did. Oh, that. it drove me nuts. It drove me nuts. Um. So yeah, hopefully on Wednesday show, Matt and I will be talking about the Sixers in a glowing fashion, uh, rather than on the edge of our existence once again with this team. Um. But yeah, I also love Doc's passion after the game about uh, the Jason Tatum push. It said it was a push, like, and he was pissed that it wasn't called because there were multiple, like touch fouls that there were lots throughout like the game, and then you don't call that. Yeah, right after the PJ Tucker foul that I talked about, where like he stepped on whoever it was, their foot like ever so slightly, and they call a foul on that, and it's ridiculous. Also. The the moment it's it's going crazy on Twitter right now. Um, PJ Tucker coming over and like yelling in Joel Embiid's ear. Mm-hmm. If the Sixers are to go on and win this series, that's the moment in the series shifted. Oh, I can see that. Remember it. If the Sixers advance out of the second round, the moment that changed the trajectory of the series is when PJ Tucker came over and got in Joel Embiid's face, got in his ear. And told him to get his shit together. I would be, yeah, I would say that would be. And your... that's the stuff that, like, you can't teach. And that's the stuff that's, like, so valuable with a PJ Tucker. And, like, yes, is it crazy that we gave a 37 year old PJ Tucker $40 million? Absolutely. But that's the type of intangible stuff that you get by bringing PJ Tucker into your locker room. That's the type of stuff you can't that's teach. Fair to just any old veteran like pj tucker has that dog in him dog island like he's going to change the culture of your team by doing stuff like that when he was on the bench in game three yelling at b-ball paul and telling him to get his act together like that's the type of stuff that helps shift your culture of a locker room in a positive way as just as so long as those players are receptive of that message. And there are players who were on this Sixers team in the past that would not take kindly to that and would fold and would crumble. But the fact that B-Ball Paul didn't crumble, Joel Embiid took it and used it. PJ Tucker is a catalyst for potentially changing the trajectory of this series. I digress. Ben Simmons would have cried in his journal if PJ Tucker. Ben Simmons, no away. offense, I think Matisse Thibel would have taken it personally. Like that stuff okay. wouldn't have fl- been able to fly properly. Um, it wouldn't have. I agree. But I, I love that PJ Tucker did it uh, because it needed to happen. It needed to happen. Let's move from the hardwood to the baseball diamond. It's brought to you by our awesome friends over at. Wasted Wedge, guys. Wasted Wedge. They've been with us now for about a month, and uh, they're the best in the game. And I've seen them starting to send more orders out, and I'm hoping I'm hoping it's from our listeners because Wasted Wedge products are the best in the game. And I want to tell you guys about the brand new way to drink shots with your friends and family when you're playing golf from our new friends at Wasted Wedge. Wasted Wedge is going to change the way you enjoy celebrating drinking on and off the course. I'm telling you, you bring this to a bachelor party. I wish I could have sent one to you, Pitts, to bring down to South Carolina because my God, dude, that would have been the talk of the wedding. Oh my lord, dude, that would have been the perfect crew for that too. 
Well, we're the, the Pitts fam and the Flynn fam. We're going to we, have one of these that. for you for your, your fantasy football league golf outing. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to elevate your time on the course. It fits right in the side pocket of your golf bag. You bring it to a wedding. You bring it to a bachelor party. You bring this out on the golf course with the boys, the ladies, whoever it may be. It's going to change the way you're drinking on and off the course. I want you to think your your shot skis that you had at your, your college parties. But let's clean up the mess. There's no hot glue involved. There's no glass like, shot glass. I was, just, I was just about to say, no like, it's not a DIY. ski involved. It's a foldable, compactable golf wedge that is clean. You're using plastic shot glasses. It's the perfect party prop. Check out their full lineup of Wasted Wedges and merchandise at WastedWedge.com. And make sure you guys follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Wasted Wedge. That's WastedWedge.com. Check out everything they have to offer. Clean logo, clean merch as well. Uh, and find them on Instagram and Facebook at Wasted Wedge. Remember the name, WastedWedge.com. Pitts, the Phils and Red Sox did battle this weekend. I was at game one of the series for Bryce Harper's return at Citizens Bank Park. It was a beautiful moment. Um, love seeing the MV3 back in the lineup. The fact that he came back from Tommy John surgery after 160 days. He is a medical marvel. He really is. It's like John Cena-esque. That's unbelievable. Like Guys are out for a year minimum with Tommy John and this man is back in May. Five months. That's five months. That is that's insane. I, I that's another reason to love Bryce Harper. He's the man. He's the um one. Phil's had a shot in game one to win. I it, it didn't feel great early on. Um I was at the game like I said. Um Zach Wheeler just didn't have it early on. And when he started to figure it out, it was kind of just too late, and his pitch count was way too high. Phillies had it tied 3-3 and then uh, squandered away the lead and end up losing game one of this series 5-3. They lose the game yesterday as well, 7-4. They were kind of not really in that one whatsoever. Uh, Bailey Falter has been brutal to start this season. Another just three-inning outing from him. You can't continue to do that if you're the Phillies. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit. And then the Phillies salvaged the series on Sunday. My sister and CFO Margie were at the game for the Mother's Day game. Very cool giveaway that the Phillies had. A little handbag situation for all the uh, f- female fans 15 and older. Uh, Phillies win 6-1. to one, And uh, Kyle Schwarber goes yard against his former team. And Philly's able to uh, salvage the series. Bryce Harper also hit his first home run of the season in this series on Saturday night. Oh, went Saturday. To, I didn't know if it was Saturday or Friday hit the home run, but I did went see Went to about run. the same spot that he hit the Bedlam at the Bank shot during the NLCS as well. Um, it's been tough. It's good to see the Phillies get off this losing streak uh, because they obviously got swept by the Dodgers out in L.A., lose the first two to the Red Sox. The pitching has been the issue lately for the Phillies simply because you have guys like Bailey Falter. You had Matt Strom as a, a spot starter for the past couple, like for the past month or so now, but now that, uh, you know, it seems like Ranger Suarez is on his way back. Strom got moved back to the bullpen, um, which is only going to benefit the team as a whole to have him and lengthen the bullpen now and use him for what he was actually brought here for. And then Taiwan Walker, outside of today, has had a number of difficult starts to start this season. 
you've been taxing your bullpen, which has led to your opponents scoring astronomical amount of runs against you, which makes it that much more difficult for your offense to try to come up clutch and tie and win ball games for you. The pitching yeah. has to be better. Like that's plain and simple. That has been the issue. That's what the Phillies need to figure out. The pitching needs to be better in these games. Strom is better in the bullpen. He has a like his fastball is I would say his best pitch, and he's someone that can give you a nice you know inning and a half, two innings of relief. And I just don't see him as a starter. He's been, he's been fantastic as a spot starter, like for the for the Phil so far. Like he's gone at least five innings. Pretty really? much every outing, he's been great. But that's not the type of pitcher he really is. That's and right, yeah. When you only have a guy going five innings when he's at his best, you're still using four innings of bullpen. When you have Bailey Falter only going three innings and you're down 4 nothing after the third inning, you're taxing your bullpen. You're putting pressure on your offense. Like It's just it's mm. not that hard to figure out. Rob Thompson also needs to... And he realized it today, thankfully. Like, Bryson Stott let off. Kyle Schwarber hit fifth. Philly scored runs. Look at that. Kyle Schwarber will figure it out. He's the type of guy that figures it out. But when Kyle Schwarber is hitting 181 and you're having him bat leadoff simply because he can go boom at any given time, it's not ideal. Because when he's not going boom, he's striking out. He's in a slump. Hopefully today was the, the... solution to the slump and you know he, he gets the base hit that starts the the Phillies rally of scoring runs gets the home run later in the game you gotta have the guys that can get on base at the top of the lineup Trey Turner's starting to figure some things out get Bryson Stott in that leadoff role permanently you have Bryce Harper there Nick Castellanos is having a phenomenal bounce back season so far let those guys hit in the top four of the lineup and then let some of the guys behind them clean up the work afterwards and drive in the runs that's all you got to do you can't you don't have to overthink it it's that simple what do you think of the nine top strategy putting your best hitter one of your best hitters at the ninth spot um not really a fan of it because you limit the amount of at bats they get really because realistically your nine hole hitters really only gonna get three, maybe four at-bats, depending on the flow of the game. Okay. I, I, opposing pitchers dealing, your nine-hole hitter's not going to get to the plate until the third inning. That's true. And then you see them third inning, sixth inning, ninth inning, maybe. Yeah, see, my I like it in the sense that the nine-hitter is usually someone who isn't a stronger hitter, but then you have that and then you have the one, two, three, where if you have a nine guy, say it's, you know, the third or fourth inning. Or, I think the well, nine guy has hitter. to be a decent hitter who can get on base for then the one, two, the turn of the lineup. Man. You know, when you overturn the lineup and you're going one, two again. That's him. And then you have them knock him in. You can move them around the bases. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which is what the Phillies kind of do. Like Brandon Marsh typically hits towards the bottom of the lineup, and he's a guy who gets on base. Like, Matt and I have been talking, like, if he continues to play the way he is, like, he's going to be in the MVP discussion. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, But hopefully the Phillies, you know, start to get it together. They got two against the Blue Jays at home uh, in the middle of this week on Tuesday and Wednesday before they go out west again to play in Colorado, which hopefully wakes the bats up, and play in San Francisco before uh, 
before things start getting real sorry. Or I'm sorry. Yeah, San Francisco, and then you come home to play the Cubs and the Diamondbacks uh, before things get real serious with back-to-back-to-back NL East uh, matchups, including four on Memorial Day against the Braves, coming out of Memorial Day, three on the road against the Mets, and then three on the road against the stolen franchise, Washington Nationals. Ten, ten road games against the division that are going to be so important because of the way the schedule is this year with Major League Baseball and mm-hmm. you don't play your division as much anymore because you're playing everybody. So those those divisional games are that much more important. Um, but Philly's got to figure some things out. Got to get the bats going. Hopefully, you know, weather's warming up a little bit. That'll start to, to fix things. The division's still wide open too. Like, yeah, very the much. The Braves wide are twenty four and eleven, but they're not going to be on a twenty four and eleven pace all year. I hate to break it to everybody. Like, are they going to be good? Yes, but they're not going to be on a twenty four and eleven pace the entire year. Things will change. Everyone else in the division is at least one game or worse under five hundred. The Mets are seventeen and eighteen. The Marlins are seventeen and eighteen. The Phillies are sixteen and nineteen, and the stolen franchise Washington Nationals are fourteen and twenty. Yeah, wide that's, open. That's very wide open. Those are not wide gaps in the record, especially at this very part. doable. You're one game back second place. Yeah. Gotta just play better baseball, more consistent baseball, and hopefully they'll figure it out. Pitts, do we uh is it time to play a game? Oh I love Everybody's games. Favorite game. It's the uh, NLE's run differential. Yeah NLE's run differential. My Gotta do it game. to the people. Brought to you by our friends over at Trophy Smack. There's no better way, guys, to upgrade your fantasy smack talk than with our friends at Trophy Smack. We just did our fantasy football league that I've been in for over a decade now uh, with Trophy Smack. They do all the engravings. They've got trophies, belts, rings, metal wall art. And like I said, they do all the engravings and everything for you to make your trophy look spick and span, top of the line, clean and pristine. Go to trophysmack.com slash underground and upgrade your fantasy smack talk today. That's trophysmack.com slash underground and upgrade that fantasy smack talk. Go support our friends at Trophy Smack today. Patty Pitts, the NL East run differential. Things have changed since Ooh. you've last been on the show. Uh, there's only one team in the positive. I'm sure you can deduce who that team is everyone yeah. else in the negative we will start at the top of the division the 24 and 11 atlanta braves their yeah. run differential pat pitts i was gonna say they're positive they're the only positive they are the lone positive team um i'm gonna go plus eight they are at a whopping plus 56 oh i was so fucking off okay um all right all right. Moving on, the Miami Marlins at 17 and 18, and I believe by virtue of tiebreaker are ahead of the Mets right now. Uh, sitting in second place, their run differential, Patty Pitts, at one game under 500. It's the most Marlins thing of all time, so I want you to think crazy. I want you to think in your little nonsense brain, a 17 and 18 team, but their run differential is pretty wild. 
Like I don't. I wanted to say like a minus a minus eleven or minus thirteen. They they would probably be more. They would probably be over five hundred if that was their run differential. Uh, the Miami Marlins, who are one game under five hundred, their run differential is negative fifty six. What the see? see the most okay. Marlins thing ever. See, this is where this game really fucks in my mind is because you give me the what place they're in, and I'm like, okay, so you go to go down in order, like, all right, you start with the positive and then like negative one or negative five, third place, like in the negative there. Like that just hurts my head. Like that just screws with my my little noggin up there. Moving on to the also 17 and 18 Lowell Mets. Negative twenty-two. Uh, not that bad. They are at a negative ten. Uh, my next guess would, or my last guess, would have been better. But they have scored more runs <laughs> than the Marlins and had less scored against them. How and they does have that the make same sense? Record. And they have the same record. How does that make sense? <laughs> like what? Oh, it's so funny! It's so funny. Lol, Mets. Okay. Moving on to our Philadelphia Phillies, who sit at 16 and 19. We go um, minus minus uh, 18. I wish. They are currently at a minus 29. Okay. The Dodgers series really banged them up. Uh, but hopefully they figure some things out. The funny part, though, is Pitts. The Phillies and the Mets have scored the same number of runs this year. 150. The Phillies have just had a few more tagged on them than the Mets. Okay. The Phillies are only one game behind the Mets in the standings. Because baseball. Because fucking baseball. Then the stolen franchise, Washington Nationals, sitting at 14 and 20. Negative 30. Pretty close. Negative 27. Okay. That one was a little better. Okay. Now we're kind of getting the game. They have scored more runs than the Marlins this year. And have had less tagged against them, and yet are six games under five hundred. Because baseball, baseball is great, man. Baseball the best run differential great. in the National League belongs to the seventeen and seventeen third place in the NL Central, Chicago Cubs, at a plus forty six, who are two and a half games out of first place in their own division, because the twenty and fifteen. Pittsburgh Pirates are in first place in the NL Central. Rich Hill, baby. I, I, I can't believe the Pirates are in first place. I really feel like we're in some sort of nonsense galaxy. I really do. The Dodgers are finding their way. They have a plus 40 run differential, uh, which is the second best. Or I'm sorry, that's the third best in the National League. The Cubs are the second best behind the Braves. The Braves have the best run differential uh, in the National League. Looking at the American League, though, overall in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays, who are at 28 and 7, have a plus 115 run differential in the AL East, where every team is at least one game above 500. Uh, and then looking in the AL West, where the Texas Rangers lead that division with a plus 85 run differential. Pretty, pretty good stuff from them. Uh, can you guess the 8 and 27? Only averaging twenty five hundred fans a game, 
possum still in the stadium, Oakland soon to be Las Vegas Athletics run differential pits. It has to be the worst in the in the it's league. It's the correct? worst in baseball. Oh far. my god. All right, I'm giving it out. It's got to be like negative 95. They probably wish it was negative 95. It is negative 124. No. <laughs> they are just a joke. Like honestly, between the shit that they had on the last scandal they had, uh the possum they are now doing a season they are now doing a a summer package for their fans 37 games for 99 dollars yeah i don't care what team that is i would just do that if i was a hundred percent dude they're averaging 2500 fans a game you could sit wherever the hell you want that's like going to you could change seats every inning you physically could (laughs) every half inning you every inning Every half inning, just go to a different, get, go to a different. Literally. Seat, different side. I mean, yeah. Oh my god, that's just ridiculous. And I thought the Rays had terrible fandom. Like that's just so bad. And imagine being a player on that team, and you show up to your home games, and just nobody wants to see you. Like, it, it, like that would be the worst case scenario. We're gonna talk about an owner there. that should be forced to sell the team. Oh, a thousand percent, you should sell the team. Not, not relocate. You just get rid of the team and have, bring in someone who actually would make it into a fun organization. Ryan Reynolds. All right. Soon to be Ottawa Senators owner, Ryan Reynolds. going to be an Ottawa Senators owner? Yeah, he's he put in a bid to buy the team. You got that Mint Mobile sale money. Dude. No free ads. You saw Deadpool, that deal, right? Deadpool's awesome. He sold Mint Mobile for $7 billion yeah, to T-Mobile. Genius. genius. $7 billion. He's got Wrexham, too. I mean, He's about to dude, be the I... owner of the Ottawa Senators, man. Oh, that's awesome. I, we need more of that. Who would be a good celebrity to buy the A's? Ooh. Brad Pitt? Go full money, bro. <laughs> Fuck you. Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, ownership group? I mean, that would be awesome. I mean, he kind of already had the role already. Art imitates life. Why not? I know people will hate this, but because of business brain and how smart he is and, like, how I think he could operate and make the A's, like, a functioning franchise again, Logan Paul. Oh. I know it's controversial, but Logan Paul, with his business brain and how he operates, it would be fascinating to watch him, like, operate a sports team yeah i mean that's somebody you know him from wrestling and like how he's come in and like been a superstar immediately yeah that's that will say my opinion has changed on logan paul a lot over the years and even more so since he has stepped foot in a wwe ring and you know me like i'm very critical when it comes to wrestling and you know who's good who's not especially the outsiders but uh, you know, Logan Paul is someone who he gets it. You know, he gets the business side of things. He doesn't just do it for his own personal, you know, doesn't just do it for mm-hmm. his own personal brand. He does it because he he finds a way to grow the business in itself. I mean, dude, between Bad Bunny and Logan Paul and wrestling, look how many eyes are Plus on McAfee. that brand. And then you add McAfee to that to whole other eyes. So imagine those eyes now 
on the MLB where you have a viral star taking over the team and it's like, well, it's just a viral star. It's like, you think he's going to be actually, no, he's going to have a team of people who will do it. He's just the guy who has the money to do it. And then we'll have a little interest. And then, oh yeah, you have a face of the team that is one of the most viral faces in the world right now. That's a very interesting route. I wouldn't like it because of my feelings about him, but I would definitely understand why they're doing it. I could also see trying to trying to think athlete wise, like who would be good. Steph Curry, an owner. That'd be cool. That would keep the A's in. I would keep the A's in open. Yeah. Um. There's no like celebrity Oakland A's fans though. Yeah. I mean, there's not really any Oakland A's fans, so. I mean. A lot of NBA players, I feel like, have, like, ownership in, like, these smaller sports leagues, like the MLS, and not that the MLS is small, but, you know, it's it's easier to buy. I mean, LeBron, you. yeah, LeBron owns part of Liverpool with John yeah. fucking Henry. But. Which is also part of ownership of the Red Sox. <laughs> yeah, LeBron low-key owns. Kevin Durant, right. like, has ownership in the Philadelphia Union. James Harden has ownership in the Houston Dynamo. Um I could see like an NBA collective like coming together, and that'd be kind of cool. See, that'd be really cool I because would really they know like the marketing it. aspect too. Like the NBA, I think, has done such a good job of like marketing players and personalities and stuff that I feel like an ownership group of NBA players coming in for the A's would be awesome. Because I mean, you you think about like iconic like logos that A's gothic script a is one of the most iconic like pop culture baseball hats oh yeah I, I think top five easily it's it's like yankees it's red Sox, it's phillies it's dodgers dodgers this is all uh, no order by the way for everybody listening no yeah no 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 order. i think the a's are in there for sure i put like, the a's that in hat there. like transcends what the oakland a's are and they're not that legendary to begin with outside of moneyball yeah that's our claim to mark mcguire mark and the bash brothers yeah so. they call me jose have you seen that on twitter jose canseco follows you on twitter that's the most bizarre thing you said all night yeah have you seen that lonely island movie thing on netflix oh yeah they call me jose and i'm mark Fun fact, the um, first album I ever bought was a Lonely Island album. That's incredible. Lonely Island is incredible. top-notch. Top-notch. Shout out to Andy Samberg. Um, Pitts, let's go from the baseball diamond, though. Shout out to the Phils. Let's get back on track, boys. Let's beat the Blue Jays. Got the best two pitchers in the rotation going these next two. Get it rolling. Um, let's go to the gridiron as the Eagles have now unveiled New Jersey numbers. It's brought to you by our friends over at Kenwood Beer, the official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It is a refreshing light beer, 4.1% ABV, 127 calories, just 10 grams of carbs. Go to KenwoodBeer.com and use the Kenny Tracker to see you as Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You can buy Kenwood at your local Philadelphia area liquor store or in eastern Pennsylvania, your local Whole Foods 
Light body, light calories, plenty of flavor. The best light beer on the planet. Must be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And you can also get it at Game 6 at the Wells Fargo Center. Big Kenny's available. So go get your Kenwood beer on. Shout out to Kenwood Beer, the official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Pitts, let's get into some Jersey analytics, which is one of my favorite things to do because if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play Play good. good. And if you play good, you win good. So here are... The initial jersey numbers offered to the Eagles some returning players who were with the team last year. Defensive tackle Noah Ellis, now wearing number 61. He was on reserve non-football injury list in 2022. Running back Trey Sermon, Sunday Sermon. Oh, yeah, I remember him. He's on the Eagles now? Yeah, we we signed him last year after he got cut by the 49ers. Um he was wearing number 34 for us. He's now in number 22. And punter Aaron Sipos, who no offense to him, I hope he gets cut because he's just not that good at the football punting. Uh, he was number eight. He's now wearing number 10. And that is a sign to me he's getting cut. I'll really? elaborate on that later. Yeah. I Some veteran additions for the birds. Running back Kennedy Brooks wearing number 34. Safety Terrell Edmonds wearing number 26. I like that one a lot. Like that a lot. That's a great safety number, great defensive back number. Safety Justin Evans wearing number 30. I like that as well. Uh, offensive lineman Julian Good Jones wearing number 77. And tight end Dalton Keene wearing number 47. I know that name. Do you? Dalton Keene for a Patriot. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, he's got that bad. He's wearing what? 47? 47. That's a good number for him. Yeah, Dalton Keene and um, the other guy, they were drafted in the same draft. They played for three years. They had a combined eight catches. Nice. Don't think so, he's making the team, especially since the Eagles signed Dan Arnold earlier this week. Yeah, and Dan Arnold, that's a dude like that. That was the signing that I was like, all right, you got to chill out. Because don't you guys have like every tight end now? We have Dallas Goddard, Goddard, Dan Arnold, and then uh, Jack Stoll was on the team last year who Jack filled Stoll. in when Goddard got hurt. Jack Stoll. Now wearing number eight, backup quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, Marcus Mariota. Love the it. Flying Hawaiian, Back in number eight, which is, which is very funny because the true flying Hawaiian of Philadelphia, one of our most beloved heroes, respectively, Shane Victorino, as a Philly, wore number eight. Oh, my God. That's... So it's very funny that the two like iconic Hawaiians in Philadelphia lore wearing number eight. Uh, defensive back Tristan McCollum wearing number 36. Linebacker Nicholas Morrow wearing number 41. Running back free agent signing Rashad Penny wearing number 23. Love it. Okay. Defensive tackle Kentavious Street wearing number 97. That's a sick name. Great name. That's a great, great name. name. Uh, defensive back Greedy Williams wearing number 38. You guys have Greedy Williams too? Yeah. God, what, what are we doing? Come Tackle on. Jared Williams wearing number 73. Wide receiver Olamide Zacchaeus wearing number 13. Love Perfect it. number Great for slot him. receiver number. Perfect number for him. And for the first time, in Philadelphia Eagles history, the 
because it just got approved this year to be worn. The original Agent Zero running back from St. Joe's Prep from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, DeAndre Swift. I love it. Get Swifty. I love it. Let's get I will be tweeting that video every time he scores a touchdown this year. Um, DeAndre Swift in number zero. I wasn't sure how I felt about the number zero being introduced into the NFL per se. I think it's going to be on a per player per position basis with if I like it or not. DeAndre Swift wearing zero is such a power move and just right on the table. If you're watching on YouTube, you saw it. I just did. Well, drop drop it right on the table. There you go. Oh, that's a power move. The welcome home move of DeAndre Swift to wear number zero. Incredible. Menace hours. Demon time. Yeah. Thank it, you for DeAndre Swift, Detroit. Yeah, you, you know, you're welcome. Um, I you know, I, I said this in South Carolina, and I say it now. I don't get why we did it. I don't understand why the Lions just were Nobody like peace does. out. Peace no. out, DeAndre Swift. Um, and all the Lions only... fans on Twitter who were saying DeAndre Swift is washed, his vision is bad. You do you realize one, he's coming home and yeah. playing in an environment he loves playing in. Two He's playing behind the best offensive line in football. Yeah, and three, no offense to Jared Goff, he's not Jalen Hurts. No, he's not. He, I know. That's not, That's just a fact of life is that he is not Jalen Hurts. Two different styles of quarterback. My thing is, uh, the only thing I can understand of why they got rid of him, and it was because I watched Hard Knocks. It's a contract year. It was a contract year, but also he had a lot of work to do when it came to the maturity element of uh things and the like he just has the talent and i just don't feel like that this new lions team was a good fit in that sense if that may like from everything i heard like they were on the fence with him a lot in hard knocks that's why you saw a lot of jamal williams uh play last year it's a whole different scenario here, and I think like DeAndre Swift is going to be a steal in fantasy drafts this year, without a doubt. I'm stoked. The amount of DeAndre Swift jerseys that we're going to see this week in Philadelphia, Taylor Swift's concert, astronomical. Astronomical. You gave a prodigal son of Philadelphia <laughs> his homecoming. Yeah. Where Taylor Swift... Hashtag from here. The amount of Swift jerseys. I'm so sick of Taylor Swift. Okay. The amount Sorry. of Swift jerseys. Sorry, not that we are not, going to see. Fellas, you want to do right by your lady. Go get her DeAndre Swift Eagles jersey and just tell her it's Taylor. Oh guys. Guys, that's it. You're what is it? girls love to do one thing at, or a couple things at sporting events. Rock a jersey of something that has to do with their life. Like, oh, my God, we have the same name. Or, like, oh, it's my number. It's my angel number. And then they want to just have a great time at the game. Be smart. Go do that for your ladies' Get your ladies a Taylor Swift, DeAndre Swift, collabo jersey. Just make it happen. Pits, now we have the draft pick numbers. The newest in the nest. Start things off. Jalen Carter, who wore number 88 in college. 
You will not be wearing 88 with the Eagles. Obviously, Dallas Goddard wears it, and if you're a defensive lineman, you can't wear numbers in the 80s. He will be wearing number 98, elite. Love it. Great defensive tackle number. Linebacker Nolan Smith, his teammate, another Georgia Bulldog, another Philly Dog, will be wearing number three. I am typically not a fan of the single-digit linebacker numbers. But the I, fact that our two, our two edge rushers, Pitts, are Hassan Reddick, wearing number seven, and Nolan Smith, whose pro comparison is Hassan Reddick, wearing number three, that's a perfect 10 coming at you off the edge. Yeah, I, I'm i a big fan of the single jersey number. I don't know. I think if it's you're him, one of those situations where if it's like a you're him guy, oh, yeah. you have to rock it. But it's it's got to be reserved for that one special player. Nolan Smith wearing number three. Uh, that's a big number to to live up to in the city of Philadelphia as well. That's Allen Iverson, Bryce Harper. It's a three big is an number. important number. Three is a, a big, big number. number here. It's a big it's number big here. Um, offensive lineman Tyler Steen will wear number fifty six. It's a big number as well, formerly worn by Super Bowl champion, underdog, host of the Greenlight Pod, no free shout-outs, shout-out, Chris Long. Big shoes to fill. Uh, Safety, Sidney Brown, who I'm a big fan of, uh, the Canadian sensation, will wear number 43. I like it. What position? He's He's a safety, but he's like one of the, like, the tackling hard hitting oh so like a, he's like a uh he's a like box slot, hybrid safety like slot linebacker type of thing yeah. okay i like that number then gets interceptions though like yeah there hands. you go there you where's go. 43 like for the birds defensive back kelly ringo number 37 don't know if that'll change i feel like that's a number that will change once like roster cuts happen and mm-hmm. everything yeah um but 37 is the initial number for kelly ringo Quarterback Tanner McKee will wear number 10. 10. Continuing my trend on why I think Aaron Sipos will get cut. 10. 10. And then defensive tackle Moro Ojomo, candidate for the All Moro Ojomo. Will wear number 72, elite defensive tackle number. And then the undrafted free agents, Makai Gardner, corner, number 46. Wide receiver Jaden Hasselwood, number 87. Wide receiver Joseph Nada, number 86. Tackle Chim Okorafor. Apologies if I butchered that. Number 79. Tackle Trevor Reed, number 74. Corner Eli Ricks, number 39. Tight end Brady Russell, number 83. Linebacker. Ben Van Summeren, number Van Summeren. I love that. Punter Ty Zentner, number 49. You have three punters? We have two. Who's the guy? Uh, Quarterback. Oh, okay, okay. So that's why. Ty Zentner will be the punter. Will he wear 49? Absolutely not. That's what I'm saying. That'd be silly. That'd be foolish. But here's why I think Aaron Sipos. Thank you for your service, pal. Is going to get cut. 
Switched his number from 8 to 10. So you already lost out on a newcomer in Marcus Mariota stealing your jersey number from me. Yeah, and it's Mariota. That's strike one. Number two, you have a jersey number of a rookie quarterback coming in. So you, you're sharing numbers already. That's a red flag. Strike two. Number 10, I don't think is going to be worn by anybody this year. I think once everything gets all situated and stuff, because that's Deshaun Jackson's number, and they're not just going to hand that out to anybody. you got to be an I'm him situation to wear Deshaun's number. Aaron Sipos, thank you. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. You're you're done. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I just saw in here, I want your thoughts on this, My uh, the stadium rant uh, where I do the Gillette Gazette. They sent something in our group chat saying that after free agency and projected draft picks cap hits, the Eagles will still have about $14 million in cap space. Bring me Buda Baker. If you guys get Buda Baker, I'm done. I'm just, I'm going to be so fed up with Philly sports. Love you guys so much. Still you 50 cent many men and play the compilation of Howie Roseman. See, that's the, it's, it feels like it's like to me, if you guys get Buda Baker, it'll be like that brother or family where it's like, they get everything. I'm the, you know, middle middle child syndrome. Like, why? that's how I feel. You can do all the, like, because that's going to be my mood. Like, You, know what, I, you know, know what I say to all the GMs who are allegedly upset that Howie Roseman and the Eagles are doing it? Do your job better. Oh, be yeah, better no, at your like, job. You saw I'm that not, report, yeah. though, that, like, Schefter put out that other GMs around the league are annoyed with Howie Roseman. How about you just do your job that you're hired to do? Yeah, I'm not. I have no sympathy for that. My frustration merely comes from the fact that they're not doing their job. It's too quiet in Foxborough. It's a little. I mean, the Motor City Kitties, they did their thing. So I'm going to let them be. Motor City Kitties. Yeah, damn right, baby. I (laughs) that popped you. It's just it's these things that I get so frustrated with that. The Patriots and other teams, I'll even include the ones that I'm not a real fan of, that you you have an opportunity to go out and get someone that's a game changer for your franchise. And Buda Baker, bringing it back to the conversation, is that type of guy. So why wouldn't you spend that extra money to make that happen? Because the ROI is so valuable. It just makes no sense to me. That and then there's the alleged rumor don't know if that will happen apparently eagles are interested in patrick queen as well since the ravens want to shut him. The, stop you no pat no just like there's this is a, not there's madden a, there's a jingle from the rights to ricky sanchez podcast for this player from the sixers who was on the roster for like 10 days before the season even started this year his name was trevelin queen and uh they have an artist who did a thing where he's like trevelin queen and it's like a whole thing I would just remix that to Patrick Queen every single time. That would be a good, yeah. His name's Patrick Queen. He's a Trevelyn Queen. I would, I, would, I would get a Patrick Queen jersey so quick. Then you have a Queen yeah, oh, is the name plate. Listen, that's a that's a jersey you get your girlfriend. It says Queen on the back. <laughs> you're a fucking dude. You're you're a hero. Imagine giving your girlfriend a, a oh jersey. Oh my god! Queen. You'd be boyfriend of the year for my queen. This is my my queen jersey for my queen, and then it's like everyone wins. Then this you just have to hope that the Eagles sign like Marquette King, and then you have your king and queen couples jersey, bro. Yes, like 
we're just out here making couples have a better time and put Welcome better to underground couples therapy. I need a lot of that, Kyle. Um, we, we did it once. I'll do it again. Oh my god, that'd be incredible. <laughs> Imagine me giving couples advice. Happy Valentine's Day, sweetie. Here's your queen jersey. Oh, that's so funny. I got you a king jersey. Gag. Like the oh. I'm his, she's mine. Uh. Like <laughs> okay. Uh. That relationship is going to last three weeks. Yeah, if you're lucky. <laughs> I love it. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Uh, most most of the Eagles, though, that are going to stick on the roster get a flying colors passing grade on the jersey analytics test from me. Yeah, I wasn't. I was, I, those made some sense to me. Nothing especially the like rookies, especially DeAndre Swift, Olamide Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a sneaky one, 13. That just makes sense. Big dubs. Big dubs. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the NFL schedule release is this coming week, I think. Oh, let's go. That's a huge, that's a, that's a nice day. That's a nice day when the schedule gets released. So let's see. I'm pretty sure that's upcoming. Yeah. Thursday, May 11th. So we'll have the. The actual uh, days and everything that we'll be seeing everything. Everyone's predicting that the season opener is going to be a Super Bowl rematch on the Thursday night game uh, with Chiefs-Eagles. I could see that, yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Um, also, Pitts, next year's NFL drafts in Detroit at the stadium. I think I think I need to hit up the Kalamazoo Hotel and uh... – Check in, make a champs check in because I feel like I need to be there. That would be electric. Yeah. Your 2024 Super Bowl champion, Detroit Lions. Shit, you wish. I'm just saying, the champ knows. MCDC, baby. It's not the Patriots. I think think this year, this upcoming year, could be the, the most realistic for a Super Bowl rematch. Of Chiefs Eagles. Yeah. I I you know I really think the Lions do have that that season where they do take that jump into playoff contenders and would give the Eagles the toughest playoff matchup, you know, the toughest playoff game. Everyone else is just kind of in the middle to me. And on the AFC side, it's always a crapshoot, really, until, you know, you get your Josh Allen, Mahomes, but then you have that one team. Like, I could see the Patriots making a run. I don't really see them winning the playoffs, but it's definitely a good step forward in getting them back into being who the Patriots are. Like, the are. AFC is way more of a gauntlet. Than- That's what I mean, is that, like, you could the have – Eagles are going to run the NFC for the next seven years. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, the Eagles, Lions. It's, it's our conference to lose. Oh, who's um, Niners will always just be sneaky, weird in there and like always in there. They don't have quarterback right now. Oh, apparently they have every quarterback. Tom Brady's coming back where 
getting this guy. Like they just they live in their own fantasy world out there in uh, La La Land. Yeah, the, the Seahawks. Seahawks are sneaky, but they also after, sneaky. after this year they don't have a quarterback because Geno's oh, yeah. contract is effectively a one year deal. Well, what do you mean? You got you. They're not going to lock it up with Drew. Stop. <laughs> Stop. You put on for it's, my. I mean, the teams oh, in the oh. NFC right now. It's it's the Eagles by far and away number one. Yeah, I think the next tier down, it's like Lions, Cowboys, Seahawks, 49ers. Yeah, Cowboys. But the Cowboys do like that's the thing is I always leave them out of this conversation we're having, not because it's the Philly and that bias. It's the fact that. It's the same song and dance every year. Yep. And it's like I, I've seen the same episode of Family Guy a thousand times. That's more entertaining than watching the Cowboys play football in December and January. It, it just I don't see them being that real contender because they have their own internal issues that somehow they still work out into a 10 and 6 record. Find themselves maybe get a win in the first round. Great. That's awesome. Maybe it's our year, and then you're gonna lose to the next best team that's an eventual Super Bowl can um, participant. I think that that second tier, though, after the Eagles, it's the Lions, Cowboys, 49ers, and Seahawks. Then after that, it's the Giants, the... You believe in Danny Dimes? No, I don't believe in him. Okay, the Saints, good. the Panthers. Okay. I have the... a great prediction. That Derek Carr, like oh, they're gonna be the also Cinderella. in the tier with you guys because they have weapons and they somehow make him look. The Vikings are in there, but they're not good. They're like the Cowboys in the North. Yeah, but the 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 Vikings flip flop every year. Which side of the ball is gonna bring them down? Last year was their defense. Oh no, yeah, last year was a yeah. defense. And then this year could be Kirk Cousins, just getting older. Justin Jefferson has to have a decline here at this point just because that's how your career Packers works. Packers are toast. Bears are like a question mark. Yeah, Cardinals I, I are know. terrible. They are they're just chaos and screw them. I wish them nothing but a I wish outside nothing. of Zach Ertz, I wish them a very terrible downfall. Bugs Bunny meme insert here. Well um Yeah. The the Rams are absolutely dreadful. Um the, they drafted two quarterbacks. Yeah, and they both stink. The Falcons are a weird ass franchise. Um, the fa- dude, the, the Falcons com- are the toast for a couple of years. Let's be real the, here. The com- I mean, the Falcons are like sneaky. They just want a quarterback. Um, and the Commanders are just dog shit. Talk about a stolen franchise by their own owner. Uh, got him. Um, um, the champs hot tonight. The champ is hot tonight. That's all we've got. Do have to make an announcement, though. Tuesday Ooh. night, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Tune in exclusively. It's not going to be anywhere else but our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Outside the box, annual PLL college draft extravaganza. We are going hardcore in the paint, hardcore with this stream. We've got. Tons of surprises happening on this stream that you won't want to miss. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Click the bell icon. Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. Watch along with myself and DJ. 
and potentially many, many others, uh, and watch the PLL College Draft on ESPNU. No free ads, but shout out to the PLL. Um, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. Follow Pitts on Twitter and Instagram at Pat underscore Pitts on the Bird Machine and on the gram at uh, Pitsy35. Follow me at KBIZZL311 on Twitter and KBIZZLE11 on Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. Leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help the show continue to grow. Helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia. Helps us, you know, bring this podcast where we believe it can go. So go subscribe, leave a five-star review, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this podcast twice a week. You get full video episodes of every podcast on our network, shorts, clips, live streams, you name it. It's on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. We got to get more pitsy on the street uh, videos because for whatever reason, those shorts do numbies numbers. Between, they do really between well. Between the, the dog clip video from Super Bowl and April 25th. Listen, I, I under, I, I'm a walking entertainment center really at this point. Um, and that clip, I looked at it and 10,000 people have seen me make probably the funniest mistake I ever did in college. And I, I've been like, I need my own little web redemption. 3,200 on YouTube. Jesus Christ. For Pat Pitts, I'm QNN. Have a good one. Also, I love how the QU journalism uh, Twitter account liked the tweet. When we they will like it all the time, dude, because it's the the professor who runs it was like one of the like I had her a lot, and they obviously they know Patty Pitts and think anything like that. Like when I got back into the studio that day, everyone was just laughing their ass off, and my professor looks at me and goes, "That was pretty good. That was pretty good." <laughs> Emmy-winning producer for a news produ- like show, news station, looked at me and goes, "Yeah, well done, good job." Because it was just, it was. Well, I love it. That was one of my my favorite moments. Um. So yeah, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are currently, as of this recording, at 451 subscribers. On that road to 500. On that road to 1K. Let's get to 500. Like before the end of the month, before Memorial Day. We That's have to goal. get to 500. Good Let's goal. get there. Let's make it happen. 49 more of you need to subscribe, and that happens. That's so simple. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Big thank you uh, to all of our sponsors, including Main Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and, of course, this podcast presented by the City of Vineland. And whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or are a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Finally, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. Their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. 
If you are considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And be sure to get your merch, PHI Apparel Company. Get your Philly dog shirt. That shirt is fire. I have one in my possession, probably the very first one to exist. It is one of the, and I'm not just tooting my own horn because I designed the shirt. It's one of the coolest looking shirts you can get to rock this Eagles. It really season. is. I'm trying to get my hands on it. I'm thinking about ordering another one, Pitts, and doing it as a cutoff. Ooh, okay. I like that look. Yeah. I, I, for the summer. For, that's what I'm saying. The summer, warm weather's coming. I'm already sweating down here in the Pitts cave. Yes. Like, it's on gotta the ride. Do it. It's got that grunge look to it. So go get your Philly Dogs merch. Uh, get all your merch at phiapparel.co, code underground for 10% off any and all orders. But this has been episode number 531 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, presented by the city of Vineland. Go Sixers, go Phils. For my man, Patty Pitts, I'm KB. We'll catch you guys Wednesday night, hopefully talking about a Game 5 win for the Sixers. But until then, we're getting the heck up out of here, and we're signing off. Peace. I'm looking for